Chachamim tell us whenever you have the word Bahaya, what does Bahaya mean? En Bahaya ela Lashon. Bahaya always means Simcha. Simcha. Johnny, understand? says Vaya is Simcha but Vayehi is not Simcha whenever it says Vayehi it's not Vayehi Bimei Achashverosh many examples right when it says Vayehi and it was it's bad the Quran goes backwards and forwards eventually the Quran says Vayehi Bimei what? Vayehi Bimsaharon oh excellent so the man, the man brings certain things. When it's by he be made, then it's definitely by he. Yeah, he does his job well, it seems. Hi. the world. 
world, no matter where you are, the Rabbanim in Eretz Yisrael are very, like, a, a special, special, special thing. And Moshe Rabbeinu, all his life, he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, and he couldn't get into Eretz Yisrael. And we're going to read soon, we're going to read that morning, we already read it by Tchanan, Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to go into Eretz Yisrael. Do you know how many prayers he prayed to go into Eretz Yisrael? Do you know what happened? what's the number, how many prayers? 515, excellent. How do you know that? It's the same gematria as the word Vaitchanan. Same numerical value as the word Vaitchanan, which means to please, to, to ask for Hashem's mercy, so to speak, to get Hashem's grace. Vaitchanan el Hashem Vaitahide I prayed, I begged Hashem at that time to let me into the land of Israel. 515 to fill up. Was it 515 at that time or 515 all the way through? Of Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillot. Imagine how many 515 prayers of Moshe Rabbeinu. He couldn't come there to serve. Why did he so want to come there to serve? He wanted to go to Tel Aviv Beach. He wanted to experience, you know, the banana ride. He wanted to uh, uh, drink some Israeli beer. What, what, what was it that he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael? This is the, the, the man that was understanding that was speaking to Hashem Peretz. Uh, he wanted to have the Israel experience, he wanted to have that Kedusha that you get in Eretz Israel. Because he led the Jews. He led the Jews, he led the Jews, and he wanted to finish his mission, correct? But all, all, also, more importantly, because he wanted to experience the mitzvot, which means the mitzvot that are connected to the land of Israel. In England, when you grow your, your produce, you go, you go, yeah, you got oranges, you have grapes, your, your dates, whatever, you eat them, you enjoy them, that's it, done. In Israel, you don't enjoy them, you have to give truma, maser, right, the gift. Truma goes to the Kohen. How much do you give to the Kohen? On 50th, on 60th, on 40th, depending on the, how, how generous you are, but there's a fixed amount. It's one of those, choose one of those. Then you give maser to the, to the levy. Then the levy gives truma maser. It's the whole thing. All these are mitzvot that are given. And this is what Moshe, these are the part of the mitzvot that are in Israel. These are the mitzvot that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to experience. So we have with us uh, Rabbi Eli, who's come from Eretz Yisrael, and he's given us some ideas. And Bezat uh, Hashem, he's tell us just the background so we understand the greatness of the Baruch Hashem. You know, who we have in front of us, he's been working hard, and uh, it's a it's a Thank you very much, Rabbi Tawil. If it wasn't for Rabbi Tawil, we'd not be sitting here with such special people, and I appreciate that he brought me here, and uh, you've made your time tonight. It's very appreciative. So, thank God, growing up in Edgware, you know, I wouldn't have imagined that I'd have had the merit to live the last 20 years in the Holy Land, and most of that time in Yushalayim. You know, I didn't grow up with almost any education of any of these things life was about you know music and, and the secular world pretty much that was my education and a little bit of Judaism tiny bit you know very small part of my life so it's amazing how Hashem you know our wonderful creator he gave me this opportunity to be with you guys and and, uh, and the rabbi and just speak a little bit about something which I think is so important nowadays like it's fundamental for joy for happiness for Rabbi spoke about how to be happy. It's not. It's as much as Eretz Yisrael. I live in Eretz Yisrael, but if I'm not doing this specific teaching, then I'm missing part of the wonder of being in Eretz Yisrael. That's a 
because as my wife always says you take yourself wherever you go so you have to also you know build areas as well within and that's what everyone can do wherever they are and um when my wife uh, said to me when about coming here she she told me that you know one of the I asked her you know about you know what what do I speak about to my friends have an opportunity and obviously you know when you when you get married or you you know you have been married I've been married 18 years very fortunate got married young and um this power of relationship is just a, an unbelievable game changer and this last few weeks I've witnessed it from my friend who's 38 39 and we're all saying together like the age is not the issue it's just like and it's meant to be you'll find that person and it's an unbelievable thing that relationship building experience you know like if i see for my friend who just got engaged now a few weeks ago i helped him in the engagement and i see myself when i got engaged and i remember how clueless i was about life but the point is that it was the moment where i wanted it so much and i wanted that relationship with myself with a sham of spirituality and i felt like a sham knew that for me to go that next step i had to have the as a connector that someone who would help me to go, to reach that completion and the idea of relationship nowadays is having someone in your life or even just with yourself i mean it's 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 a fundamental before you can really join with someone else at least on some level that you have some self awareness of who you are and what you want and why you want to be married or why you want to have a job and be successful why like everyone had a certain time of their life a certain moment of the why am i jewish that was my big question growing up you know completely secular and having almost no jewish friends and then suddenly i kept being drawn again and again towards jewish people drawn again and again towards visiting us as well and i didn't know why it didn't make any sense to me why did i have to marry jewish that's what people told me so that that question and that self awareness coming more focused about who i am was a tremendous game changer in my life amazing things happened like for me personally like i'll just say a few quick stories just so you can get a little bit of insight to me and uh i think it's relevant to what we were talking about this joy and happiness and that completion of finding a soul partner finding someone in your life who can complete you in a different way than anybody else is for me like I was growing up as I said not religious and we used to go shore hopping you know Edgeware Stanmore Edgeware United Stanmore United even Edgeware Reform at that time I was family you were still members of that of Reform Hashem when I became religious I moved back to United but there was a time they were there so I was walking around the different shores and I saw uh, you know it was young people and that's, that's what people do in that, in that time and I saw a wonderful lady and she saw me and we were only age 14. And it says in the Gemara in Tanya that you know there's there's no young to like Yom Kippur and and to Bav there's no there's no bigger Yom to for this kind of matchmaking this kind of unification between between a man and a woman this this was the special days a year where there would be uh, active and it's it's hard to understand it because like Yom Kippur we think is a holy day. could they match up with someone on such a holy day so even though i knew nothing but hashem had a bigger plan that i would meet my soulmate on the streets show up and i didn't know who she was but she remembered me and she she was introduced to me and she had this deep feeling there was something and you know we were full team what did we know 
but later on um, I was in a very into the gym and exercise it's hard to believe now you know but back in the day and uh, my wife still is thank god and she she was uh, and I were both members of the David Lloyd the same gym and my best friend who was friendly with her introduced us and we became like best friends this was at the age of 16 so this is how fortunate I am that you know not knowing anything I didn't do mitzvahs and like have maybe I'd done some be a nice guy or whatever but I hadn't like the merit and Hashem had given me my soulmate at the age of 16 and became best friends thank god it was platonic and by the age of uh, 18 that's when we both came to us as well and our life changed very much each in our own way she went to Neve, I went to Samer and um, it was just amazing how I felt at that point even though I'd grown up secular and I was a bit of a, like a ladies guy you know like a bit of a player as I would say you know I used to run clubs all kinds of stuff and yeah, with her it was a different relationship and when I was in yeshiva I decided like I'm at the age of 18 19 I'm gonna have nothing to do with women like in that time period and that was like a big choice you know you have to understand like all the you know hormones everything going on but i just i'd got to some point i can discuss it more in detail of why why i came to that realization personally but i just knew that the idea of a relationship had to be more than the way the world had taught me in a very deep way i knew it i knew that you know i mean it's just amazing to think about it but i was like in university i was a bit of a hippie at that time i stopped running the clubs i was searching for some meaning I had a friend who told me, he said, you know, something you know, to be careful talking about, but basically that he was completely secular, hippie guy. He said to me, I, I really strongly recommend not to you know, waste your you know, seed, your energy. And I, I was like, wow. And I asked him a bit more about it, why he feels that way. And I decided to do the same and I took it on myself, completely secular in university. And it changed my life, just having that. Uh, power to contain that energy and and just you know focus it for the right right time right place and it re- really was amazing a secular person who told me such advice and for some reason he said it with such sincerity he was a very close friend still friends with him to this day and it's it stayed with me till now obviously as a you know now we know it's a Torah mitzvah and everything and uh, in terms of you know Kedusha and Tahara and you know in terms of how we're guided from from the Rabbanim in this area but it was amazing in such a time in university I was able, like Hashem was communicating to me about these kind of things. And it wasn't like there was stuff going down, you know, but I was just, Hashem was just taking me into a different place. So that was my fortunate journey. I came to Yeshiva, she went to seminary, and it was almost like obvious to me that she was the one. And But I managed to, thank God, for a year and a half, focus on Torah and mitzvahs and learn and grow. And when I, up into Hashem and I spoke to Rabbonim and they told me now they see I'm ready and I was around 21, very young, you know, from where I was coming from, but in that world they were sort of, some was one or two maybe were saying you maybe need a bit more time, the majority were like, oh, sounds like an amazing story and she was already going on Shaduchim, so for my first day that was her and that was my soulmate and within like a short time we were engaged and married and you know, that was my, my experience. But then to come the other side of the story, like my friend who just got engaged a few weeks ago, we're talking about 38, 39. And it was just like, you know, the other way around, like he'd gone around and tried with all different kinds of, you know, people and not, most of them not Jewish. And 
he also had this question, why can't it work out? Why do I feel this need to marry Jewish? Like, what is it? This, there was this burning question. So it ended up in Yeshiva a year ago. I mean, I was constantly, you know, telling him why, but, you know, putting on and stuff like that, trying to remind him of his Jewishness. And he just came to this strong decision, sat in Yeshiva, learned the Gemara, and once he'd done that and experienced, you know, Shabbat and the families, and he'd had a few times in my house before, but now he'd like this on an intense, focused level. And then he went on Shaduchim, and everything just sort of made sense once he preferred Shaduch, and it was just like, you know, real sincere connection. And thank God everyone was encouraging him. Within a few months, he was engaged, you know, please God, in a few months, he's going to be married. And it just like shows you, like, either way of the story, like, we were best friends, we used to go out together time into town and fine so we're meeting at different points but the amazing thing is we both like come to that realization that clarity and what what I want to say tonight which is about relationship focus is every one of us has some something in our life that's really like a fundamental question and that's self-awareness but what it will bring us to is to understand that once we're more aware of ourselves you know why do I want to be spiritual? Why do I want to have a connection with God? Why do I want to find my soulmate? Why do I want to, you know, learn and keep the Torah? Why, why do I have this connection? And you really clarify on a deep level. So it sort of makes space for like that next step. So why do I want to share this with someone? Because once you have clarity and like you really start to know who you are, you want to share it with that other half. You want to share it with that soulmate. And it really, I'm sure like married people can like feel that, like the, the excitement of like going through life together with someone as a companion and you know it's an amazing amazing thing so the question is so during this month we're in Elul Anila Dodi Badodili how's this relevant so I'll explain to you that I am to my beloved my beloved is, is, is to me this is the Russian tables of Elul this, this idea of finding that soulmate finding that other person that you can bond with and join with you know like for me it was you know a profound experience of journey back to Judaism but for like, and Ella was when I first came to Shiva, it was a very powerful experience. But this idea of knowing yourself, being more in touch with your inner self, thank you, and being able to, pleasure to me. See you next time. No problem. Pleasure, and then being able to find that other person to share that with, that's what Hashem wants from us. That's like the, the, the secret of this month. Hashem wants this deep connection with ourselves to connect with Hashem. So we have an eye, we know who we are, but then we'll also be able to be with our beloved. And when it comes to relationship focus, like nowadays with the phones and the whole the way the world's gone, and it's very distracting from relationship focus. I can say for myself, I was with my boys last night and they all said, like, you know, we're all addicted to our phones. Like, what do we do? You know, some of them have kids and they're like, our kids are like modeling us like they're going to bed with a phone and even if they don't have a real phone they're like uh, you know with a toy phone and they're mimicking us and it's all about the phone the phone the phone and someone just said yes they went to a bat mitzvah and every single girl there was like walking around with a phone like it's like Kodesh Kodesh and like this is the holy of holies so we're in such a generation we're so like attached to something which is like taking us away from the moment from talking to the people in front of us now so that's like something which is a challenge and we're all going through it all of us like I'm included and I know for my wife she's like you know well, can't you get off the phone and talk to me right now can't you focus on our time together and she's 100% white right and then say I see her on the phone so I'm saying like oh look at you so I go back and forth you know like who's more engaged with the phone who is it yeah so it's the same with like 
our personal relationship, like I said, like I was journeying to find my inner core, like who am I? And I was journeying to find who to share it with. And ultimately there's Hashem in the picture, obviously, like I need the Dodi Vadodi Li and that Vadodi Li as Hashem is to our, is our beloved. And it's an amazing thing if you actually think about it because Hashem's with us with these phones. Hashem like created this technology. Hashem created this challenge. And the real point is, is that we, the most deepest aspect of Elul is, and it says this in, in the Holy Sfarim, is the idea of rots and will. It really matters what you really want. Like I said, I wanted to find out the answers to these questions and I found a whole different lifestyle and I thank Hashem every day for it. At the same time, I really wanted to find like my soulmate. I really wanted to find that completion to myself. And that is a very deep teaching that is brought down. It says that Elul from the Zohar Kodesh and, and that results brought down. Elul, Elul is so Derech Yam. It's a very deep idea, no some Derech Yam. The main concept that we can all relate to is the more you want to do the will of Hashem, the more you want to understand really who you are, and you make space in yourself to really want that connection, the more Hashem Himself will create that your soulmate, the person who you're meant to complete yourself with, will want you. It's a very deep concept, and I've had the merit, as Amit uh, will mention, I've, I've, I've been in Eretz as well for 20 years with very holy people, and one of the people recently who I've connected with very much, I'm not his like Chosid, but you know, I'm not meritorious to say that in that way, but I'm definitely very close with him, and his Rav Shalom Orish, and he wrote, wrote a lot of books about God and the moon and God and the peace, and some of the ideas can be very strong, but one point which is very deep, and I was mentioning it just before, and Rabbi Nachman is one of the people who writes to bring it down, is this concept that the more you do Hashem's will, the more your wife, your soulmate will do yours. She'll become an Ezer instead of Konegdo. Because how many people know, like how many people have had a relationship, including myself, where suddenly like it just makes no sense, where your wife becomes like almost like your worst enemy. It's just like, your soulmate, this person who's meant to complete you is like rebuking you, she's upset with you, she has issues with you, like you can never please her, you're never good enough, and it's like you're doing everything you can, or so you think. Or maybe you're not, but you, you'd like to think you are. Or you'd like it just to give you a break, whatever it's at. So what the way Sean Morris brings and explains it, but I think that we can all, you know, in our own way, understand it. So it might not sound so extreme, but it's the concept of more that we're doing Hashem's more the what she'll do us so when she when seemingly she's connected us she's giving us a hard time that's because we need to wake up about something something we need to fix we need to focus on so it's a very deep idea it's very much to do with a self-awareness concept like we said before you have to know who you are you have to be in touch with yourself why you're here what you're doing what's your mission what's your values what's your mission statement in this world what's your purpose you have all these things clearer and clearer and then you can understand like you know am i living up to it? you can check yourself but then uh, your wife your soul partner can actually be like a real voice of a sham in a way like communicating to you what you need to fix and then you start having a whole different level kind of relationship with your wife because now you're not jumping back at her angry with her you haven't got arguments back because just understanding there's a deeper message being communicated this moment so you're like, wow, now I'm really like learning something deep about myself. I'm learning something that I can change, I can grow. And sometimes it could be very simple stuff. It doesn't have to be so complicated. It could just be just being more focused, like just being more present. You know, nowadays the whole movement of mindfulness to balance out this whole technological, you know, revolution. So how present can I be? It's something very important nowadays when we're so like pulled away. 
So just to be present in the moment, to be with this person, to have a relationship. Like I, I talk, I give classes on a website called breastof.co.il. And one of the things I've been talking about is a, based on a book from Stephen Covey. He's a non-Jewish writer, but he has a lot of like Rabonim who, uh, who say his writings are chashuv, like even for the Jewish world. It's unusual, you know, to get such a skama from any Rabonim, but there are. And um, I, I can say some names from Noah Holloway or for sure the whole of Chabad learn is safe like it's one of the safe learn his book when they get married it's like a known thing and it's called the seven habits of highly effective people so it's a book that I've got a lot of inspiration from and one of the points that he talks about is really listening it's the fifth habit and I spoke about it last week on this website about can we really listen to the person that's in front of us like I'm talking now it's hard to listen you know we're used to a lot of movement online, a lot of movies, everything's very dramatic and intense. I was even listening to some famous movie maker recently, and he said that he remembers when movies used to actually hold on a scene and actually be there on the scene for quite a long time, a moment. Shows you how much the world's changed. And you'd actually see the expressions of the people and the sweat dripping down their face. And it was very slow and a process of seeing these emotions develop. And that was how movies were like dramatic and powerful and deep. But there's no time for that anymore. It's like a flash, flash, flash. I know like how intense it's sped up everything online. Instagram, everything's instant. Everything's very fast paced, intense. And it's a very like, like powerful, like daily barrage of just information and intensity of online experience. We're all going through this. And it, can't even remember like when it was different but just take an old movie or like take a, just take speak to someone old who's just not on these things and just speak to, see how they're much more relaxed much more calm and peace and breathing a bit more it's like a different you, see, you hear certain uh, very special rabbonim i went to rabbonkovitz to hear him speak to new rashi Torah, and uh, just recently a few weeks i went with my friend who i got to tshuva as well and we were in age he took me there actually and it was just amazing to see Rebekovitz, how much he pauses when he speaks and takes everything very, like, lets you think about it. And my friend said to me, Ellie, you need to do that more. Like, I've been learning with you, you're great, you've got lots to say, but let's just, like, pause a minute. Let's just, like, let's, like, internalize. And look how clever this rabbi, like, he's just able to put out a concept, give you a minute, and everyone's, like, waiting for him to speak, but, like, at the same time, they're also thinking about what he said. But like nowadays it's not like that it's just like shh, 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 bam 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 so like there are people thank god who still slow down internalize experience life so so too when you're with your soul partner with your with your with people you care about you're trying to actually help someone you have to listen like if you can't hear what they're actually saying how can you really help them because you never really heard what they're actually saying so how can you solve their issue how can you or even if you're not trying to solve how can you be empathetic if you never really heard it pretend to be empathetic that's great but to actually really listen like i know this is the hardest habit stephen covey says i know for myself this is personally probably my hardest thing to really be present really listen to a person but if a person's able to do that and hear that voice like it says in the we're going to read on rosh hashanah shema kola avram avina was told by hashem listen to her voice and that was the right time to listen to her voice when was the wrong time anyone here know when was the wrong time to listen to the, to your soul partner's voice when was the wrong time wasn't by Avram and Sarah, it was before that. And they say that Rosh Hashanah is the sixth day of creation. Odom, Odom and Chav, very good. So that was the wrong time to listen, because then 
we're eating from the Eitz Adas to Barua. There's times to listen, there's times not to listen. But we learn from Rosh Hashanah, we don't read about Adam and Chavah. We know it was the same day that it happened, chronologically. It was the same day Rosh Hashanah, that's why it's a Yom Adin. It was the day that Adam reached Sin. The 25th of El was the first day of creation. And we're coming up there almost, the Chavaz Chaim's, uh, you know, we're coming up to that day, the Chavaz Chaim's Yotzai is the day before. It's a very special Inyanim going on in that day before creation. But then comes the day of creation, yeah? And we're going into six days. What's the sixth day from Chavayel on the 25th? It's the first day of Tishrei. And that's Adam Rishon, that's Chava. And what are they doing? You know, and we know that those six days represent 6,000 years. And we're at that time after the Sinem Adam Rishon where everything changes in the world. Hashem made this wonderful world. And we're at that time where the Eitz Das Tovarah, chronologically, spiritually, according to Rukhamakach. We're in this time now where the sin of admiration has taken place and everything's in a whole different wave, wavelength. And the only answer is, it's tshuva. So we're in Elul, we're in the end of days, we're at a time where tshuva is needed more than ever. I personally, I'm known in the Jewish world is about tshuva. I don't mind saying it, I'm proud of it. And I feel that that being about tshuva is a responsibility, not just when I made those choices 20 years ago, but every day of my life. Because it means the master of tshuva, someone to, to be given such a title, I don't think I live up to it, but to be given such a title, we all have to constantly do tshuva. This is a very deep idea that, you know, one of the things I feel like I have to do tshuva, and it might be that's why I'm coming back to London, is I have to do tshuva for all those years, the 20 years I was here before I did tshuva. Maybe Hashem's bringing me back for another 20 years, but to do it the right way with a Jewish family, you know, with, with a holy wife, to have, please God, holy children and holy grandchildren, please God, to be able to come back. I mean, I hope Mashiach comes and we're all going to come to Eretz Yisrael very soon. But if Hashem wants me to be here, I'm, I'm all for it. And that's the idea of also listening to Hashem's voice in your life in terms of life choices, where you're going to be. So how do you say, I don't hear Hashem. Anyone hears Hashem here? You're a Navi, you're a prophet. So what did we say one way you can hear Hashem? What do we say today? Just, let's just go over a little bit before we finish. What's well, one way Hashem's communicating? Very nice. Now you're already a breast lover. I'm talking, I'm talking about what I spoke about, not breast lover. Come on. I mean, it's better this anyone can do. Why? Thank you. He's a married man and he's telling us the answer. Why your wife is talking to you and Hashem gave her a certain role that she communicates as if, you know, you can't say it's Hashem, but on a certain level, Hashem's allowing her to be that voice. That's how important she is. That's how dear she is to you. That she's given such an unbelievable position to help you come to completion. You know, like I listened to a guy called Gedali Fenster. Not a rabbi, businessman, yeah? Good friend of mine, I'm staying with him. Please go to Rev Shonmosh in November in Miami in his home for the Shabbat. I'm gonna have a Shabbat in Safra, a nice community there. And i um, very excited for that experience. I was there last year as well. And one of the things he says is, you don't want your wife to be a cheerleader. You don't want a cheerleader. You don't want a trophy wife. You don't want her to cheer you on. You want your wife to make you into a champion. Not that she just cheers you on because you want it. Because you become a champion. You become someone worthy, worthy of being cheered on. Not because she just cheers you on. And that's really the power of, of a good woman. She'll, she'll build you. And that's the idea of a soulmate. That she's there to complete you and you're there to complete her. And it goes both ways, but we're talking with guys now. So I just want to say that, you know, once again, that, you know, you have a place like this, Tao, Torah, Action, Life. You know, my wife and I, we are excited. The concept of bringing what we're doing here, Torah, Action, Life, bringing it alive. 
because I'm, as I said, I'm about tshuva, but there's a lot of people like who do tshuva, uh, they, they come to Shiva, I'm sure you saw it in Israel all the time, they get very inspired, you know, the, the Holy Land, as Rabbi Tabor said, the, the Simcha, the Holy Rabbis, you know, we don't have these Holy Rabbis alive, but their, their effect is still there, and you feel it, their students, and the energy, and Slichot, or whatever, you know, it is that you get inspired by, and I saw there's so much there, I live five minutes from the holiest place on earth, and I'm five minutes from uh, so many holy rabbis, literally. My son goes to the mikvah all the time with Shimon Asadik's Keva, and it's a five minute walk from my house, you know, it's like, this is where I live, and I'm like, you know, Shimon Asadik was, you know, the Kohen Godel, you know, like from, from, from the times of the Second Temple, and he's five minutes away from my home. It's like unbelievable when you think about, you know, where, where we are, in, in this generation, we can just fly into Israel and I even own a home there, own land in Israel. It's unbelievable. But at the same time, like wherever we are, we have to remember that you know that, that Hashem has a plan for us, and Hashem wants us to bring Torah to life. He wants His Torah Chaim. It should be a life. It should be. It should be with energy. It should. It should fulfill a person. That's the true Torah. That you know, for me, like. Do you think I would give up? I grew up in the entertainment world. Do you think I would give up like the entertainment world, the experience I grew up with, the pop culture, the entertainment world, the VIP, hanging around with the stars and all the money and the glitz and the glam? I'd give it up for like, you know, someone shockling, half asleep, you know, boring, opens up a, a book and it's old and there's dust there and he's not even really into it. Ah, uh, shalom. Like personally, like for me, you know, I, I said to myself when I when I did Shiva like all those years ago, 20 years, I'm still trying now. That's to me. So I said to myself, like, this has got to be really on fire. This has got to be better than a football game when Tottenham, which I was a fan of and probably still am, beat Arsenal in, you know, in the semi-final towards the FA Cup all those years ago. If anyone remembers, I'm Gascoigne and Lineker. I'm aging. I'm dating myself right now. But like those 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 special moments when you know, for me, were like the highest moments. I was sitting there, my whole family were all going nuts. You know, we at the semi-final, we were actually there, but then we just saw the final afterwards, and the whole family together, and we're like, won the World Cup, I mean, the FA Cup, and we didn't win the World Cup, and even, you know, it's in 66, but, you know, what can you do? But um, the point is that, you know, that those powerful moments, can I find it in Judaism? Is it there? So, seemingly, at first, you know, you look and you see a bunch of guys in black, forth and you know this is some crazy farm you know it's nothing to do with my life yeah but what for me was about like internalizing there's obviously underneath like I said there's that relationship that need to connect that need to connect to the soul to yourself that need to connect to your soul partner that need to connect to Hashem to his Torah and once you start looking at it as a relationship focus like we said there's so much distraction you're able to have a moment of focus so that would be my advice for everybody Rosh Hashanah can you try have that moment of focus can you have it are you able on Rosh Hashanah itself to just give yourself a few minutes people always aim too high aim too high you miss it like aim realistically what of spiritual goals in, in Judaism you can have massive goals like long term I want to learn the whole Torah and become a become a holy man and all, you know, all this stuff and I want to be kind and giving always and you know judge people in favor all these amazing things that we should all aim for but also make very realistic daily goals so for example Rosh Hashanah is a two-day experience try find one good moment 
one good moment. It could be literally, and it says this in the Svarnpa Dosha. This is not, you know, I'm not making this up. I didn't like come here to tell you my story only. I'm, I'm saying over from holy books. It says there's this concept of one good moment. There's man of cholus, there's man of the kedusha, the, the moment where Hashem takes that picture of you for the whole new year. Because you know what Hashem's kindness is? He chooses a time to X-ray you, to judge you, to to home in on you. He chooses it at that best moment. The moment where you're most connected to your soul. Where you're most in touch with who you really are. Not all the facades, not all the jokes. You know, we're English, we like to make jokes of everything, yeah? And I, I still go that way. I was with my boys last night. It was literally a joke from the moment we met up until we left, yeah? And it was real fun, you know, we had a great time. There were some important things mentioned within the jokes, but it was jokes, yeah? So we all, we all, we all get, get around that way, especially me. So everyone's very funny. Sense of humor, sarcasm, and Americans don't get it if you have that experience in Israel. You know what I'm talking about? They don't get the humor so much. Think we're being rude or something. But the point is, like, you know, to have that moment of clarity of who you really are on Rosh Hashanah, that focus, it just changes everything. And, and what it does is it sets you up for the new year. That God's kindness is that's when He's going to judge you. That's the moment. He's going to make your new year from the best moment, from the moment you're most connected. And we all, please God, should have that on Rosh Hashanah. If you don't have Rosh Hashanah, maybe Ni'il on Yom Kippur, Hashem is kind. So even if it's not that moment on the first two days of the 10 days of repentance, He gives you a whole 10 days. So you can even get it the last minute on Yom Kippur and Ni'ilah. And if you don't get it then, it says in the Holy Svarim, you have to Hashanah Rabbah. And if you don't get it Hashanah Rabbah in the middle of, at the end of Sukkot, you have to Hanukkah. I'm not joking, it says it's in Svarim. So it's Zod's Hanukkah. Yeah, till then. And if you don't get it then, the Svarim say, even till Shavuot. There's not much left of the year already. But the point is that that is how kind Hashem is. He's not trying to judge us. He's not trying to make our life difficult. He loves us. That's how we started. There's this relationship. I'm a living proof of it. You know, God came and took me out of London and a secular lifestyle, gave me everything. And all I had to do was just want Him. And he wants me back. And it's, it's such an easy thing, simple concept. And it's the same with davening. What is davening? It's the idea of wanting, of having a rots and a will to connect to our, to our Creator. Just think about that. One time in davening every day, imagine what your davening every day would be like. I mean, that maybe it's too much every day. Because, you know, we're like overwhelmed by just the fact we woke up as a miracle made it to shore. Just about put on the tefillin and mumbled something. But let's be realistic. I'm very realistic, personally. I want you, Hashem. I, just, I don't just want the money that I'm putting my hands up for, but I want you. I want you, Hashem. Just try to think about that relationship. Like you want a soul, a soulmate. So the same thing with Rosh Hashanah. It just try to tune in to one good moment if you can. And like I said, it, that opportunity continues throughout the 10 days and continues on. But just try to tune in to that one good moment. So I'll, I'll end off like with a story. trying to think of a story that would really capture this because one of the things I feel like really really changed my life like personally and you know the power of a story can really like signify these kind of things when you hear a really good story you suddenly like feel like an awakening there's such an idea that the stories of righteous people the stories of people who are aware of themselves in a real way can be even more powerful than than anything else and really waking up the generation is such an idea so like sometimes you say oh another story and another story no really if you really 
think about it, it does something deep. And I, one of the people I'm listening to a lot, reading a lot now, is with Biederman. He's got, got a tremendous amount of stories, real things, that, and it's so inspiring, like just seeing what he's putting out there. And Rabbi Biederman. Yeah, Rabbi Melech Biederman. Yeah. Uh, Biederman. Right yeah. And anyone can get them now, they're in English and everywhere. And I personally, I know you're meant to concentrate on the davening, but I found myself these days, because maybe I've done it a bit quicker than I did when I first, you know, when you first did Tshuva, I was like, like on fire. People, you can ask people who know me from Jerusalem, even my best friend who I just said got engaged, he came one time. I was on fire, the prayer service, everything was just unbelievable. You have this concept called Godless Rishon, where like Hashem was revealed in everything and I was so, so inspired and on fire. Now it's much more like internalized and therefore the dominic's a little bit more moving and you know you get older you start to be able to something start to think quicker in the prayer service and the, like I said the main thing is those deeper inner connections those deeper moments of real connection to Hashem and that doesn't have to be a whole show of expression of jumping around it can be a, an internal thing so I think hopefully I'm maturing that's how I'm positively judging myself not just dominic faster but there's also this concept that I have a bit more time sometimes because you know the prayer service I dominate in a Hasidic minion in Yerushalayim takes a bit of time. So I found myself looking at the world, you know, Wellsprings Torah from Biederman, and I just find like I recommend it. Just you know, really bring something with you to Shulam Rosh Hashanah. It's a long service. Same with uh, Yom Kippur. I'm not giving a head to because there are people hold you shouldn't look out of the Siddur and all these levels, but it's an aid to help you wake up a little bit to not get bored like to enjoy the service to enjoy the experience remember like like the rabbi said Eretz as well is a place of joy so he wants us to be happy that's the point you know what, why are we joyous in Eretz so it's our home it's our homeland we're coming home what does he want he wants to be happy so too with the prayer service when we're in the shul every shul is a base mikdashmah every shul is a small little temple and it has the avir of Eretz as every shul so Hashem wants us to be happy every time we go to shul as well. He doesn't want us to be bored. He wants us to actually be excited. This is the time to talk to the boss. As all the families make a great con- uh, like Moshe and Peter also talks about it. This idea when you're talking to Hashem, you're talking to the boss. Like this is you're having a meeting with the most powerful boss, bigger than Trump, bigger than you know the biggest richest man. Whoever, who's the richest guy now? Anyway, he's going back and forth, is it? Jeff Bozos, okay. So it used to be, you know, back in the day, it was you know, Microsoft guy, and not anymore. Oh, his wife divorced. What? He's half his wife. Yeah. So he's not. So then it's probably what's his name? Um, not um, Bill Gates, the other one, the one who has all the shares. I've got his name. The other guy. They're both friends of each other, Bill Gates and him. I forgot his name right now. Anyway, the point is, so these guys are like powerful and like. I know myself and I have opportunities to meet holy rabbis it's like a moment of connection and I would say that that actually is the one difference from all the people when you meet a holy rabbi they're so present you know they're so there and it's their touch is like the warmest touch obviously properly but it's the warmest like caress or whatever it is that moment of contact eye contact it's a moment where you feel like they're really careful. Like I said, they're really listening. Even if you're not speaking to it, they're listening to you. They really want to connect to your soul. And that was always my advice when I was on the streets as the midnight rabbi, up all night, night after night. I said to my, my rabbis and 
the Rabbanim, how can I do this? Like, it's crazy how they've been Yehuda and all the yeshivas and the fights and the crazy stuff that goes in town. And I know I, yeshivas want me to do this. I was doing it for maybe about four or five years. And how could I keep it up? Like, and not get affected. And, and also, how am I getting anywhere with these guys? They're like, they're like, they're coming to yeshiva and they're not really connecting in and they're up all night and crazy stuff. Eventually, some slow down and buy, hopefully, my Hanukkah and they have this whole like process. And just as they're starting to get it, they're back to America but, or wherever to England. But the point is that that experience, like, how am I going to tap into their souls? Like, how am I going to help them? So that was the point, tap into their souls. That was all the Rabbi told me. Try to learn how to talk to the Shams. So that's what Rabbi told me. I don't know, like, you know, if if they told me how, because you, you, I can answer that, so how do I do that? But I tell you what it was. When they said it to me, and I'm only the first time I'm actually saying it this way, and I appreciate you guys, you've just revealed a whole new level of understanding what, what I really understood intrinsically. When they said it to me, they said it to me, meaning they were communicating like that to me, so then I'd be able to hopefully, in their merit, do that with the others. Do you understand? Because they were more with soul. They, they, they were talking to me with soul connect to the soul that's what they were saying to me that's what they were doing for me and so then I would have that strength and their merit to do that for these young people and you could start to think you know like it's me doing it you know I'm the one helping all these people and then you start to remind yourself no it's our holy rabbis they're the ones who are going to be empowering us that's where things start to get different meeting a powerful man generally a rabbi has more soul if he's a real real true rabbi he has more soul and he can help you be more soul. And once you're more soul, you're more connected to your neshama, then you can start to really understand what it means to complete your neshama, say with your wife. Like there was no better lesson than going to a rabbi, like my, my Rebbe, the Tolna Rebbe, and he told me like one of the first things he told me, I want you to do this every day. This was a long time ago. I was having a hard time, honestly, in my marriage. You know, I was a very high person in my spirituality in terms of how like serving Hashem for hours praying and this whole thing in Jerusalem by very holy rabbis and at the same time I was up all night with these kids so when was I ever home? Almost never and so it was hard in the marriage after five years or so straining and I went to the Tolna River and he became, started to become my river and the first thing the advice he told me like this and he said it recently uh, I'll finish off he said it recently before Rosh Hashanah we go meet with him as well he said it to my kids a similar concept just now so he said to me, this is worth remembering. Forget anything else I said, this is the best thing. This is a very special rabbi's advice that it's worth remembering. And it fits a lot of successful people's advice nowadays. It's the concept of gratitude. This week's partial. When we talk about it, please go to it later in the week as well. This idea of gratitude, this mindset of appreciation. I have gratitude for Rabbi Tawil to bring me here. I have gratitude for you guys, because then I come here to someone to speak to. This idea of gratitude is foundational. We're Yehudim, we're Jews, we thank. So what, what did the rabbi say to me? He said, I want you, when you wake up in the morning, when you say Moda'ani, it won't take you long. He said, say Moda'ani, not just on Hashem. He returns to the Shama. It doesn't take long to say it. Like half a second, it's a, oh, half a minute, excuse me. Like it's a sip and to thank Hashem for returning your soul. You didn't wash your hands, nothing. You just woke up. First thing you do is thanking Hashem. This idea of appreciation for this soul. Rabbi Benasech, you have tremendous amunah in me. You believe in me, Hashem, that I'm going to do something good with this day today. Every day is giving you back that belief. That's not what the rabbi said. That's just what it says in the morning. That's what we all say. Praise God. 
Now, what did he tell me? He said, now I want you to do that for your wife. Look at your soul partner. Please, God, if you don't have it, you'll find one. But remember this. You wake up in the morning, first thing you should do after you've said that is then look over and say, Moda, I need to have a wife. Thank you for giving me a wife like this. A woman who loves me, a woman who I can have, have go through the journey of life together. Thank you for giving me this gift. And, I'm, and it changes everything. Suddenly, you're not upset. Suddenly, you're not... Why didn't she do this? Why did she do that? Why this? Why that? All the different, you know, you know, disagreements and everything you're going. And suddenly you're starting the day with a mindset of gratitude, not just for Hashem. It's easy. A mindset of gratitude for this person who you're going to be bumping into in the house and you're going to have different agreements about this and she wants you to come home and you want to go out and all kinds of things. You're going to say, no, thank you, Hashem. This is what I needed. I needed this soul person in my life. I needed this person to, to be to be my companion. She's my completion as, as as my journey in this world. If we can do this together, please God. And that mindset changed for me everything. Like it was fundamental. Now I'll tell you what my rabbi then said this year, Rosh Hashanah. He then praised my wife and and uh, myself. I'm just saying this like terms of being honest and what he said he said very nice things to my children about myself and my wife and then he said and since you have such beautiful children i mean sorry children you have such beautiful parents and he said that to us but he said that to the children you have such beautiful parents please can you every morning also you say like i just said before now thank hashem for your parents for having such wonderful parents which is really the mitzvah came out the end that's our mitzvah to thank hashem for our parents that teaches us appreciation like the honoring of our parents so this idea you know like for me personally one I think it saved my marriage it was like a foundation it was a mind switch instead of being upset I was now appreciative and I think it, it can go into everything I think it can like change and they say one of the best things to do Rosh Hashanah and we all say it on Rosh Hashanah like this idea of to just give thanks to really just to use the day to also thank Hashem for another year of life just to use the day, turn it around. Because what did Adam Rishon do after he sinned? What happened? One of the things he did, he composed the psalm to him, we say every Shabbat. Was it Mizmor Shir, Liyom Shabbat? Tov Lahodis Hashem. It's good to thank Hashem. This is Adam Rishon after he sinned. It's good to thank Hashem. It's good to, it also means the Hodah, to, to admit to Hashem. But those two things are very similar admitting and thanking very connected ideas the same word and they're very deep concepts but this idea of thanking really facing yourself and saying wow like no matter what I had a hard day life's got difficult like who hasn't had a hard year this year honestly me personally yeah if I would tell you some of the things that happened I'll give you one light story I went to Yishai Ribu concert beautiful concert one like Yishai Ribu you know amazing yeah he's like up and coming Israeli superstar I've been, I worked in the music business, I can smell talent when I see it. And I went and took my wife to the show, it was her birthday, beautiful night, beautiful show. I was a little bit uncomfortable with the other guy, not in Goshen, for whatever reason. I wanted to leave, so we left, and we got to the train, everything's amazing. I have this feeling, of not good feeling. I don't know where it's coming from, there's certain things going on that night, I won't go into now, but you know, in other places. There was a certain feeling of, wow, something like, I don't feel right. And then the train crashed like that night into something on the thing stopped if someone got in the way in front of it i don't think it hurt the person but it was almost and it stopped so violently everyone on the train went flying and this was this year and i don't know if anyone noticed but i've got like this i, I thank god i've never had any deformities or anything like 
Hashem's always blessed me with good health. First time it ever happened to me, I broke my finger. It was completely broken in half. And it was the most intense feeling I'd ever had. I'd never broken anything in my life. So some people have gone through it. I have gone through it. Maybe it's painful, no matter how many times you've gone through it. But for me, it was the first time I ever had experience like this. I ended up in the hospital and the whole thing. Because I fainted and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what happened. And I also probably the impact as well, because I went flying. And the reason why I broke it was because there was a girl who fell the first time it shuddered and I was about to go flying on her so the second time it shuddered I pushed a little bit different and then my hand just it just broke so thank god I would have crushed them like a big guy so uh, it was better with my finger than her so it was that was like one story from this year that was a tough story you know we went out a beautiful night and I end up two three in the morning and Shari said it you know and these things happen you know so what do we say? I thank Hashem for another year of life. Even that time, even that story. You know, like I had to have an operation, they put three pins in and they had to, you know, I've got scarring now. Like it's, it's quite a serious thing just for a broken finger. You wouldn't think it'd be such a big deal, but it was. To go through physiotherapy, you try to get around usual life in the heat of the day, in the middle of the summer, day after day going to the physiotherapist. It's taking time out of your work, out of everything. You know, this Hashem wanted that whole story for whatever reason, and you know, I was I felt like I was doing something good, taking my wife somewhere positive, and but you know, you know He knows, and this is part of the Torah Lahodes Hashem. It's a very good thing to do, Hashem, just to say thank you, Hashem, even for that, even the harder moments. You don't know, we don't know, I don't know, but thank you, Hashem, and that humility, that key, that Hachna, that Hodah, is a very like that. Thank you means a lot. And like I said, you start the day with thanking, you start the new year with thanking. And, you know, Rav Shalom always says, if you thank your Hashem, you will see miracles. That's his famous statement. So people are like, you know, how does that work? Do you understand that concept? But it, it's, if you, where do we say, Alan, listen, we say in Modi. When you say thank Hashem, where do we say thank Hashem for the miracles during the, the blessing of thanking Hashem? Because it's very connected. It, it brings us into a different realm of, so I'll end off and I just want to once again thank you all for being here and listening and uh, just, you know we should all be blessed with uh, true relationships and a beautiful year a relationship with God we should have that special moment Rosh Hashanah and it should bless us for a year Amen, amen, amen. Thank generations, like you look up to the Khatam Sofer, and you look up to the Vilna Gaon, yeah, people will be looking up to you. And Rosh Hashanah, if anyone enters Rosh Hashanah without the idea of change, Shana, Shina, and Shanot, if we, if we just enter and we just float in, and we're just like this, then we've, we've, we've missed the whole purpose, we've missed the whole meaning of Rosh Hashanah. Change in a positive way, change in the ability for you to focus on who you are. 
to make the right choices because in this world you're getting attacked all around by so many different people telling you do this, do that, do this, do that. But deep down, inside of you, you have the ability to create your own future and to reach your potential. So just before, as we said a few words, this has been created, you know, on Rosh Hashanah we have a whole... Uh, I, re- I read the big you know? book, I read yeah. the big book. Dip the apple in the honey and all the rest of it, right? This has got some ideas of why we do what we do, and the actual um, seder, the actual order, dates come first. Why do dates come first? Anyone knows? If you've got the... What's special about dates? Sweet and so there's an apple with honey. Dates are one of the seven fruits. Excellent. Uh, dates are one of the seven fruits. So we take this. So is pomegranate, by the way. But date comes first in the pasuk. So date precedes the pomegranate. So you've got a whole thing over here. What we say, what it means, and this is uh, the idea because Rosh Hashanah is the DNA of the year. So we take these fruits and we make an actual prayer with those fruits. Asking Hashem that we should get rid of our enemies, etc. So this is very special. I'll pass it around. You can you can read it in your in your family. You can take it home. Very. You can have have as much as you have. Both. Yeah. Please take one. Bon ane, huh? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you. Your, your friends might drive you bananas. <laughs> oh, because of the human. It's yeah. like human dinner. That's why you have to have a raise, raisin celery. Raisin celery. Maybe you will. Raisin celery. Raisin celery. Oh. It's a pun. So how do I follow such a rabbi, you know? Who can speak after such words? Thank you. Wow, guys, so it's my first time in Manual College and I lived in London 20 years before I came to Israel the last 20 years. My niece says she knows a lot of people here. I just like you guys. It's good that she doesn't know you, I hope. Goldsmith, name familiar? There's a niece, niece. Good. I'm glad there's silence. Sound of silence is good sometimes. Oh, so, you do you know? Come on, my name. Sadie. Yeah, Sadie. Uh, Mill Hill. Yeah, Sadie. my brother's friends with right. Noah. Some of them. Noah. Yeah. Yeah, and my uncle was friends with Andrew. Andrew's amazing. They live yeah. in Edgeworth. Oh, they live in Edgeworth. Right fathers in Edgeworth. Oh yeah, they live in. Yeah. yeah they, oh. did, they did live in Mill Hill. Oh. Man. Someone. What's your What's your family name? I can Shohet. Shohet. So look, there is, that is a very big part of one of the things I love about Rosh Hashanah and being a Jew, you know, is like we, Begelet, you know what Begelet is? I don't yeah. know if they use that terminology. Yeah, exactly. So we have this ability to connect up, like there's, there's a very deep concept that like we're really one, one people. It's a Amachad, Ishachad, so we're one nation. So think about that, like if the rabbi just explained to us that we're, there's this rosh, this head. So if we're really one people, then there's the people of the head, there's people of the heart, there's people of the hands, there's people of the feet. There's all different kinds of 
parts of the overall human kind as one complete man, Odom. Odom was his name. And it represents this complete history of mankind. It's a very deep concept called Adam Kodma, very deep concept. The idea that there was a first man and it included all of history. There was a time of the generation of the head, that's the Doradea, that's the Moshe Rabbeinu generation. And then there was a time of the heart, as they say the David and Melech, Shlomo Melech, we built temples in Yushalayim, a place of service. So where are we? So it says in our holy Svarim, if you go all the way down, we're right at the end of the, this journey of history through this human, one human man called Odom. And we're the dead skin on the feet, that's what we are. We're the Ikhvaz de Meshicha, that's what it says in the, in the Chazal. We're this dead skin on the feet. So how do we connect ourselves back to the head? Because obviously that's where all the power is coming from, all the direction. And how do we have that heart? How do we have that energy, that love? Like, what, what, do you, what can you do with the dead skin of the feet? You know, like, it's, it smells bad, it's inside the shoe. You know, you, you, the only thing that stimulates is tickling, you know? So if you think about it, like, I can vouch this. I grew up, like, completely secular, like, until um, about 18, age of 18. And so I, Emmanuel was just another school in London. That I didn't, you know, there's a few people with couples and heads and things like that. But I didn't really know, like, I wasn't, like, knowing what was going on here at that time. The amazing thing was that, and is, that our generation is like, like we were saying about with the phones and everything else, it's a time of stimulation. Like, it's almost like the way the rabbis explain it is that in order to feel something, you've got to be tickled. Because if you take a pin and put it into dead skin on your feet, it doesn't really hurt as much as if you put it anywhere else. It doesn't really penetrate. It doesn't really affect. So life, life now has a different experience. We're not being affected by life like the previous generations. We're having a different type of experience. And stimulation is often the main thing with the phones. And it's like, if you understand it spiritually, historically, the way everything's going, exactly how it should be. So that gives you a picture that it's not just whatever's going on. It's very important. The rabbi mentioned Ashkacha, this divine providence. It's not whatever, you know? You ever met people, they always say whatever, whatever. You know, it's just like a way of speaking. Whatever, you know, like, you know, whatever. No, it's not whatever. It's, there's, there's divine providence. There's, for me personally, how did I wake up as a secular Jew into this? So one of the things I spoke about last night was looking for my soulmate, looking for that soul experience. Another way, I read this book called The Celestine Prophecy. Not a Jewish book at all, I wouldn't recommend it. But there was something in there that related and resonated with my Jewish soul. What was it? Divine providence. It isn't whatever. They call it serendipity. You know what that is? Serendipity? Cut it. It's two pieces. Like the fact, Shah, you're sitting next to me. Like I'm sitting in London. I didn't plan to be in London a few weeks ago. This is all serendipity. I'm sitting with the rabbi. Spontaneous. It wasn't. It was sort of spontaneous, but it's also divine providence. You know, like. Thank you. You thought I was the pizza guy, you know? Like, <laughs> that was pretty, like, you know. So that was spontaneous, but serendipity. I'm, I'm hopefully, I'm hopefully more than a pizza guy. And even the pizza guy, no, but even the pizza guy was serendipity. Why? Because the real pizza guy came. When did he come? He came early. The rabbi wasn't around. The office was closed, and good old Ellie turned up ten minutes early. Yeah. So the serendipity was he was ten minutes early, but so was I. So I could look after your pizzas instead. He might have just left them somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So, but that, even the pizza guy was serendipity. It was divine providence. So this is something really important. Now, I just want to say one more thing. This idea of Rosh Hashanah is two days. 
Yeah, two days. How many hours in a day? 24. How many hours in two days? 48. Now, 48. What are the Hebrew letters of 48? In terms of mem, yeah. mem the numerical value. Chet, moyach. Mem ches is moyach. Mind, brain. What's inside the rosh? What's the most important part of the rosh? Is it important the eyes are and the nose? The brain. You're experiencing 48 hours of moyach, of, of brain. And we're connecting ourselves back to that original generation. The original man, the original time. It's the time historically, even in the calendar, it's the sixth day of creation, Rosh Hashanah. That's why we're blowing the shofar. Why? Because the sin of admiration is going on that day in the Jewish calendar. When was the first day? Kafayelo. People don't talk about it so much. Five days, six days before. But Rosh Hashanah itself, we're blowing the shofar because that's the time when the sin of admiration, the new year is coming down. And what's man doing with the new year? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing now, right now with Brexit? What are we doing? What are we doing in England? What are we doing in America? What's going on with the world? Is it great? It's a bit screwed up. Let's, let's be straight, yeah? So, and that's to say the least. And that also, that's on a macro level. And then there's the micro level, yeah? On a micro level, each person's a little bit screwed up, hopefully, yeah? If you're a little bit normal. That would be a normal normal person. There's much worse than that, don't worry. Yeah, so what, what does it mean? At least if you know you're screwed up, you can fix. Like the rabbi said, you can change. So this idea of connecting yourself to the Maya, to have the shofar blowing at that time where there's this crazy downfall of mankind this brings the new year with blessing and having that awareness this is we'll end off but the rabbi spoke is very important the potential this is a new beginning brother this is a new beginning this is your potential so you have the ability and i'll tell you myself yeah like i i had no idea i'd be sitting here religious connected to judaism sitting with a rabbi I didn't know my potential at 18. I had no idea. How old are you guys, 16, 17? I had no concept. To me, like, I was running nightclubs at 16, 17. I was like, my potential's being like, you know, the original gangster of London. You know, if you'd ask any of my friends, I would by now be running London, like in terms of the entertainment industry and the dance world. And I was, I grew up in the event world. That was like, that would have been my thing. And everyone knew I was already developing that little empire before. But what changed? I'd suddenly felt one, two things, tremendous emptiness, and the other one was what the rabbi spoke about, this tremendous potential. So I give you all a blessing, you know, like you've all enjoyed the pizza. I'm a Cohen, that I didn't know, didn't mean nothing to me then. Now it does, obviously. You know, there's so much to our heritage, there's so much to us. Yeah, Elio, Elio, Cohen, yeah. So there's so much to us. All of us have this ability to tap into this amazing potential. Like I've lived in Aristotle 20 years. I'm on holiday right now in a way. I mean, not really, but I'm here. So I'm, I have a home in Yushalayim. I have a beautiful house in Jerusalem, five, 10 minutes from the old city, from the, about 15 minutes from the Kota. My sons can just walk there. My daughters can walk there. My the family, we walk there. You know, like, it's amazing to have such a like transition from Edgeware boy and to be living this life now and then have the opportunity to come spend the time around by town. So we'll and the Tao program. It's like the, the journey for me is such divine providence. Like the way I met my wife, the May, like even like I met, I've managed music artists. I met them online, Facebook, yeah? Ended up managing them. I went on unbelievable stories of these music artists. One of them is Nissen Black. You know this guy? Yes. Yeah. So I managed him and like unbelievable stories that I had with him. <laughs> right now he's in New York doing a film shoot, yeah? Yeah, he's a rapper. 
So I met him on Facebook and a whole relationship. I mean, I actively went out to meet him, but at that point he wasn't even Jewish. I just heard about this rapper who wants to be Jewish and I helped him with his conversion. I went through this, the divine providence that was there with, with Nissan Black is like, like this potential, like I've helped his career. I, I, I honestly, I mean, you know, I'm telling people this, but I know for the last few years, I've literally been his main source of all his income. And he has six kids now. He lives in a beautiful home in Beit Shemesh. I'm not saying that it was all me. Obviously it wasn't, I was just the agent. But I, I was the guy who closed deal after deal and got him his income, like in a practical sense with the contracts and all that stuff. Where did I get all that from? That's from my upbringing in London. I grew up with people who were in the music business, did the biggest shows on earth. Yeah, the Beatles, I met Paul McCartney. I know the, this was my upbringing. So I, I was in the showbiz, so I was given the tools to manage a guy like Nissan Black. But I wouldn't manage a guy like Nissan Black if I hadn't chosen the other side of it, wow. the Jewish side of it, because what he was attracted to me because I was being Jewish. If I wouldn't have been Jewish, it would just, I'd just be another, another guy in the biz. You know, the fact I was Jewish and he wanted, his rabbis told him, his advisors said, choose someone who's good, who's focused on Judaism as your manager. That's what, that was the whole thing. So that's just one tiny, tiny example. So I just want to wish you all that you've all got such potential. Use it, live it, Torah action life. Yeah, make it life, make it real. Live it. Pasha Kitavo, which uh, can be found on page 1068. See, it's already way ahead. Uh, you? Okay, welcome. Welcome to our new guest. What's your name? Reina. 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 No, no, no. We've, we've met before now. Yes, well, we know. And everybody else, as uh, usual, and Eric, your wife, Hashem, Just to introduce you before we start, we're going to be going into the parasha. Uh, we have with us uh, a special guest who's visiting me from Eretisola by Eddie. Uh, Goldsmith and he's coming or Goldsmith as you say in English he's coming um, and he's going to give us a five minute introduction just an idea and then we're going to go and we'll delve into it because uh, um, let's go thank you very much personally being a Goldsmith not a Goldschmidt now I'm back in London I'm just coming from Yushalayim and part of this Goldsmith family was about filling venues. If you heard of my uncle Harvey, my family. So that was something which I grew up with in my kishkas, in my, uh, you know, and it was a big important part of the power of an experience. And I wanted to share that with you coming from Yushalayim, a little bit of ideas on this Pasha. That one, you know, the concept of filling a venue gives us connection to this idea that the most attended event of the Jewish calendar you all will agree other than Yom Kippur coming up is Pesach, Seder night. Yeah, personally growing up I wasn't so religious at all um, but the Seder night Kodesh Kedoshim, that was Holy of Holies as well as obviously Yom Kippur, I mentioned that already and the Seder night was something which brought all the family together and still does you can go to India and it's got the largest Seder night in the world, Yeah, thanks to our Chabad friends, but the idea that 
Saturday night is such a such a gathering, such a venue. It's obviously a taste of what's to come. So what's this got to do with our Pasha? So as our special rabbi, Rabbi Tawilk, is the honor to be here, Rabbi Tao, he's giving us the connection to this very deep idea of Seder. What is Seder? Having order. He's also giving us a connection to the idea of gratitude. Two concepts. So where do we see this in the Pasha? So if we go into the Pasha Kisaba, we see that the essence, the real formula, like if you could put the Haggadah into a formula and say, where does this formula exist? It's in this week's Pasha, in Pasha Likurim, in I'm a Kohen. What would, they, what would the Kohen, what would be read to the Kohen? Where, where would he read this? He'd read this Pasha Likurim, he would read these words and they have the essential essence, the meaning, the organization, the Seder, yeah, would be in this week's Pasha, this beginning part. So we understand the whole Agada, which as we know, everyone knows Agada is so special. Everyone has a connection to the Agada, including myself. I remember it as a kid. I remember reading the, you know, um, all the different parts, Manish and all the different special moments. So the essential part of the Agada is within this Pasha. So what, where do we see? So there's one of the powerful concepts we learn out from this week's Pasha is also this is the 50th time of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim, of going out of Egypt, which is obviously the, the concept of the Haggadah. Leaving Egypt, leaving the Meitzarim, the restrictions, leaving a place of restrictions, leaving a place of struggle. You know, I would say even for myself, you know, coming to London this week and, and experiencing all the wonderful things Rabbi Tawil's doing, experiencing my family again in London, all my friends, I feel like there's a certain concept of leaving Mitzrayim, of constantly every day, we, we mention it, and Shabbat, I have a, one of my musicians, his name's Yosef Danil, I represent a lot of artists, you know, following in the family footsteps, like a good Jewish boy, so his name's Yosef Danil, he's a Mexican convert, right now he's in Corpus Christi, Texas, for some reason, and it's actually where he's originally from, as well as Mexico, and he uh, is telling me over the phone from, from Mexico, or oh, Corpus Christi actually, but from, from that environment, telling me about the power of leaving Mitzrayim. And I'm hearing this guy, I got all the messages on my phone, and he wants to you know, hear his message, very moving, about how everything is connected to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. These are the words from my music friend. And uh, this power that when you make Kiddush, you mention every morning, and, and obviously the whole Seder night, you know, is about leaving Mitzrayim. And here we are, at the end of the Pasch of the Chumash, end of the Torah, coming to a climax with you know the Yom Tovim, Simchat Torah. We're reading about Kisav. We're reading about leaving Mitzrayim, and that is the way we celebrate bringing the first fruits to the temple, to the Kohen, and bringing this special sacrifice. We're once again connecting. So, what's the relevance of the fifty times leaving Mitzrayim? What is relevant to you and me? So it says in very deep books. It says the idea that before the Messiah comes, before Mashiach, at the end of days that we're in. There's going to be this concept of nun share tuma. There's a, a gate that we're going to be in a place of re- intense restrictions. Like I don't know if, you're, if, if you know where you're at, all of you personally. Don't know you, you wonderful people yet. But I know for myself, being around rabbinics or being around friends and family and seeing different uh, Jews going through different things in the world, generally, globally, that there's tremendous intensity of, of restrictions and struggle and pain. But at the same time, there's an opportunity for tremendous connection. So this Nunchari Tuma that we're seeing in the world, this this increase of struggle and impurity seemingly, 
is an opportunity for us to also leave Mitzrayim nowadays. And that connects into why this is the 50th, the 50th time mentioned that we're leaving Mitzrayim, connected to this concept, that we're going out towards the Gula to the redemption. That really is one of the goals of the Seder night, to not just us leave Egypt, but to enter Eretz Yisrael, to come to the land, to come to our homeland, to come to the times of the Messianic age where we will all be in Eretz Yisrael and the world will be happy with that. So I'll just end off with this, how to give a little bit of practical touch. What is this 50th connected to and how does this tie into our daily life? I mentioned two ideas, Seder, thanks to the rabbi, having order, organization. And the other one is gratitude. Gratitude, what are we doing here? We're thanking Hashem that he took us out of time. We're thanking Hashem. Really the most powerful of all the times you mentioned Mitzrayim is to thank. Seder night, what do we do? We thank Hashem. That's the main part of the Seder, is to really say, to really thank Him. And, and how relevant is that in your daily life? To thank your employee, to thank your employer, to thank, most importantly, your wife, your soulmate, or your husband, to thank the rabbi, to thank the place hosting a wonderful show, first time I've ever been here, to thank these hosts, thank you for hosting us and generously and doing it with such kavod, the davening and giving us the opportunity to pray together. There's so much to thank. You know, personally, I'll just end off like um, this musician, Yosef Danil, who's going to be joining me on a tour in Miami in November. With, uh, we'll be going to other places as well, but we're going to give thanks there. Because Rav Shalom Morish, he, the rabbi that I'm bringing there, he is all about giving toda, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. I don't just help artists, I also love to help rabbis as well. And he's, the whole idea of thanking Hashem, he says, well, then you'll see miracles. So this concept will end off and summarize, because we want the rabbi to enlighten us. But the most important thing that I would take out of this one is that there's Seder, you have organized, you see, even in the Seder night, everything's in the Seder. Everything's about how we start the new year coming up. Also, Rosh Hashanah, there is a connection, beginning of the festivals and the beginning of the new year. Rosh Hashanah and Pesach, there's a circle, there's a connection, a continuation, and the idea of gratitude. So really good thanks. That's what Hashem's asking us with these first fruits. And it connects into the Seder night, which is all about thanks. It took us out, Mitzrayim. And honestly, what it does, just to end off with this point, is it fixes up all of creation. Because the first sin happened with lack of gratitude. Adam Arishan didn't appreciate his wife, this wonderful soulmate, and the ability to just say thank you. And that, I'll end off, I mentioned it the other day, but just say one very beautiful idea. Everyone should wake up in the morning, not just thank Hashem for their life, but also thank Hashem for the wonderful people in your life. And it will give you a different mindset to the day, a mindset of gratitude, and the whole day will be on a different level. We should be blessed with that. Over here, and uh, this Shi'ur, Bezat Hashem, will be near Fu'at with Amram ben Miriam and HaKadosh uh, Baruch should give him a Fu'at Shalem and Fu'at HaNefesh and Fu'at HaGuf and it's very uh, very impressive thank you everybody for coming and uh, for, for being part of this everybody that learns Torah Baruch Hashem any ideas any concepts that we take with us uh, for the future will be for his Zechut Amen um, we're very uh, privileged to have with us Rabbi Eli, who's uh, visiting from Eretz Yisrael, um, and uh, he's going to share with us some some words uh, on uh, making relationships real. Real, 
Rabbeinu's had a lot of experience for Hashem, uh, and just to uh, open up, we're in the month of Elul, and Elul is talking all about relationships. It's our relationship with God. Ani ledodi vedodi li. Elul is ani ledodi vedodi li. And that's why the Sephardim, what do we do? We get up for 40 days before Yom Kippur, and we're saying Selechot for 40 days. Ani finishes with A. Which letter? Yud. Ledodi finishes with? Yud. Vedodi. Yud. Li. Yud. You've got four Yuds. What's the much of Yud? Ten. What's four times ten? Forty. These are the 40 days of Rachamim. These are the 40 days of mercy. But it's also the 40 days in which Hashem can bring, it comes back to us. We come back to Hashem. And in a relationship with, with God, we can never, we, we never take ourselves away, right? We're God's children. So just like you can't say, you're not my son anymore. You're not my daughter anymore. No, I'm biologically your son. You can't take me away. I'm, I will always be there. Baruch always is with us but there are times in relationships where we have arguments we have disagreements etc and then there's times when we come back this is the time where God Almighty the King is in out there um, so just as a that's just as an introduction but of course uh, Rabbi Ali will be talking about more about the relationships uh, between uh, you know um, interpersonal relationships let's go Rabbi, I stole my speech. I'm finished. I really want to thank Rabbi Tawil for hosting and part of Tao. It's a big honor to have met such an amazing group of people so far this week. You know, I, I don't know you guys, so my relationship, um, I wouldn't say advice, but my relationship sharing or journey together with you is right at the beginning points because, you know, we're just, you know, starting off with an initial meeting. And to be real, we have to have some sort of time factor. That's a big part of relationship investment and time and dedicating time. So I'm sure you have, thank God, with Rabbi Tawil here, a lot of time together and you've got to know each other. And that means that, like, you know, you're more used to what, you know, what's going on. So I'm going to do my best as a, as a newbie, as they say in companies, you know, the newbies or the, they use that. Yeah, newbies. So um, a little bit of a newbie here, but. With a newbie speech, there's also opportunity to like, you know, say some things you weren't expecting also. So we're going to enjoy that side. So the relationship aspect is a very fundamental for our generation. It's like the most important, in my opinion, in a daily level, what you're going to deal with, what you're going to be focused on, what's going to be running through your mind. Like, I don't know if you guys are the kind of guys, uh, people, who are measuring your thoughts. I don't know if you're that kind of people. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think sometimes like, over oh, what did I think about today? Yeah, some people, yeah, some people not. Everyone's different, obviously. I'm one of those people. My wife is like <laughs> 10 times ahead of me on that. She's like thinking over like, you know, what did I say? What did I do? Like overly, like in, in a very, and it shows a very sensitive nature and it shows that she's always trying to improve herself, certain mindset. Nowadays, they call it growth mindset. Yeah, it's the concept of growing. The the idea of like measuring your thoughts, you would realize that most of the things you're thinking about is your relationships with people. And my trip here this week, not only was with Rabbi to all that, and I thank him eternally because I had time with my family and friends, and the power of getting together with my oldest friends. One of them's got engaged, spending time with them, and 
catching up in that whole process with all my other friends and then the power of being with a father and a mother or being with brothers I have I don't have sisters but brothers being with the family and just connecting it's like it's nothing else I'm a niece, nephew niece whatever it is the power of being with people who who are your loved ones your soul connection you feel there's something like so important in the relationship that you would be surprised if, throughout the day how much you're thinking about it how much it consumes your mind it's really important and people don't generally measure their life success on thought level because that's already quite an abstract level that's maybe the levels of very righteous people to, to be on such a level of machshava to think about thoughts but if you come on Rosh Hashanah and you start to realize that what's happening on Rosh Hashanah is you're entering into this realm of thought we already spoke about this at the rabbi so but I'm not going to repeat it because I'm saying it in a different way is the concept of Rosh Hashanah is two days. It's 24 hours the first day, 24 hours the second day, 24 times 24 is, math genius? 48. 48 hours. 24 plus 24. 24 plus, I said and, yeah, whatever, above and plus. 24 plus 24 is 48. What does that, what does that uh, incorporate? 48 hours, the two days of Rosh Hashanah, is 48 is the numerical value, gematria, of Mayach mind brain that's the hebrew word brain so what's happening on rosh hashanah as it says according to the sheet of rabbi Eleza and the gemara is is it's the idea it's the it's the yomadin of of machshav of my of thoughts it's a day of thoughts it's a day where hashem is willing into creation god is willing into creation a new year he's creating the world anew five days before it's called kafayel that's coming up this in the new week please god and we're going to have this Cafe Elo, which is the 25th of September this year. Work matches up. I don't know if there's any significance, but that is. It just makes it easier, I suppose. 25th of September matches up with this preparation towards the sixth day of creation, which is Rosh Hashanah. Shem is creating the world. What, what was so significant about the sixth day of creation? What did he form, man? Did he form him alone? Did Adam come to the world by himself? No. He had Chava, yeah. He had a, he was created his wife, his soulmate, his his uh, other half. Originally, they were created as one, and then they were separated, and there was this this relationship between the two of them, and that was the foundation of mankind and all of us till this day. Yeah, it was formed on that day. But what happened was, as we all know, there was a there was a mis mishap, and we're till now still processing that mishap till this to this time we're sitting here now talking about and the chauffeur and the day of Rosh Hashanah there's something going on on that special day which is giving us an opportunity to fix up something that went wrong so what we're going to talk about tonight is how to make our relationships real not just real with God because you know I don't want to just be abstract it's a thoughts are very abstract I want it to be real down here with you and me have a better day tomorrow and a better day next week and even a better day for Rosh Hashanah so that you can start off the new year on the right mindset because mindset is tremendously important the way you think has an effect on your life how you feel about yourself how you process you know your thoughts to understand one most important foundation of all things is to know how much you're loved everyone wants to be loved you know I myself feel like I have a gift thank God I don't know, maybe it's from my parents, maybe it was just a gift from, from God himself. I've always felt loved. Yeah? 
I don't know if everyone shares that. Maybe it's just a lucky, lucky, lucky guy. But I feel loved, and that feeling loved gives me a confidence, gives me a strength. And I think that everyone nowadays like would gain if they would just try work on that aspect. I mean, we we were learning yesterday Chazal. And we see that all the myriads of stars and all the constellations and all the creation was created for one thing, says the Talmud, just for my daughter. Who's my daughter? Us. Basayin says, we're the daughter. We're the daughter of God. Also, the, in some ways, we're the wife of God. There's all this concept of relationships. If you really understand really creation on a deep, deep level, I'll tell you a very deep secret, just since we're here and we're talking about real relationships. Mizmor Shirli on Shabbos, we say it every Shabbat, we say this concept of, of bringing in the Shabbat with song and there's very deep meanings in the first letters of those four words. It's a very deep idea. Mizmor Shirli Yom HaShavas is Rashi Tevot, the first letters, Hamashal or Shlomo. Now we're going to talk all emotion. We're going to talk about Hamashal. It's a deep idea I thought of. I checked it out with righteous people. Thank God. This is my own idea. You say you heard something new. What's Hamashal? The Moshal. This idea that Shem made this whole story. That's what Moshal means. Like a story. And then you have the point of the story. If I tell you a story about myself. Yeah. I grew up in Edgeware. You know. I uh, Shem, I wasn't religious at all. You know, I met my wife in the gym, and then you know, and then we went to Eretz Yisrael, and we became best friends. But I was platonic, and you know, she was in seminary, I was in yeshiva, and you know, and I'm going on and on about my story. And we, you know, by Hanukkah we got married, Baruch Hashem. But when did we get engaged? To Bav, and you know, and everything was so wonderful, and blah blah blah, and you know, so enlightened. What's my point? To inspire you that it's doable. You can find your soulmate, you can find the other half. It's, it is possible. Here's a guy that was low, was meritorious you know at the age of 21 to get married it's possible for me also yeah or you could say ah well he's just different he's lucky dude yeah i'm having a hard time whatever and whatever you're going to take out a point of the story and each person's going to define it himself so now what we have to understand what is the point of creation what is the the point of the marshal the story so if i would tell you there's many points that's true but then what does god tell us and what does david and melech what did the, the sweet singer of israel what did he say he said tov lahodis Hashem. it's good to thank hashem it's good to thank god and he also meant it's good to be like admit yourself to god to connect to god to to be real yeah to bottom line just to be real with god not to like pull a joke on like someone i was talking to someone here just before like you want you want to really, you want to be able to express yourself you want to have an experience a real experience in life with your relationship with your relationships you don't want to pull on the show yeah the world's a lot to do with show like i, I don't need your your approval i don't need rabbi's approval honestly i'm not that kind of guy i don't want to pull on the show i want to i want to do this because this is what i'm supposed to do that kind of relationship with myself with my wife with my with, with hashem with people around me i want to do what's real for me be authentic be honest be sincere be able to live with myself you know that kind of thing that's that's the kind of person that i'm aiming for and i think on rosh hashanah i think hashem's wanting that from all of us in some way or another because he's he's looking at us and he's saying i'm about to give you a new year of life and life's not a joke you know like we every year we just go through life with hashem and we see, thank God, you know, I got through this year, I'm alive, I'm here to tell the tale, another year in creation, another year of my personal life, you know, I get to start fresh. 
but no, God's looking at me and saying, like, I'm going to give you another year, but like, what do you, you know, what, what do you want? Like, are you with it? Are you in it? Are you really there? Or you're like thinking about what, like I said, measure your thoughts. I'm thinking about what everyone else is thinking about me. I'm thinking about, you know, am I famous yet? You know, I grew up in the, in the music world, so it was like a big thing, like, you know, I want to be famous, I want everyone to know my, my name, be a rock star, and you know, I used to jam, play, perform concerts, and I want to be like these famous people. And then you start to meet them, and you see that from the fame doesn't come such inner joy. It doesn't really, like, make the relationships in the actual life that amazing, the fame. So why do I want to be famous then? It doesn't bring fulfillment. So I started working it through, and it was, like, clear to me that this is really what I want. Because I don't actually really want the fame. I want more than that, you know? I want real relationships. I, like I said, I wanted to find my soulmate. That was very important to me. I wanted to find what my purpose is in the world. I wanted to learn more about my who I am from in a deep way. Like, what is my mission? What is my soul connection? What What is a soul? You know, why am I Jewish? You know, what was this Jewish thing, you know? Like I was in school in, in, in Woodhouse. I went to Woodhouse College, one of the schools I went to. I was in England and I was sitting there in history and the whole of history, basically, this is my perception, you know, you have to agree with it. But basically I went through history. I was very, history is my favorite subject. I went all the way through history and you know, the Byzantines and the Roman Empire and the Greek, you know, before that, the Greek Empire, and all the, the whole way through, all the way to, and from the beginning of learning, starting history, all the way through to now. And where do we get to the Great Depression? Yeah, what did we then get to after the Great Depression, the Second World War, and after the Second World War, the Holocaust. Yeah, that's where we ended off. That was my experience of learning history in school. We ended off with the Holocaust. So my thing was, wait a minute, you know, this is not a Jewish place. It's Woodhouse College, you know, this, this is the education of England. I just ended off that whole historical journey with a group of people I don't really know much about. I happen to be one, but you know, and it's there's this thing called the Holocaust, and really they only came up like. You know, it was we mentioned a little bit at the times of uh, you know with, with when they were thrown out of England and by by you know by uh, someone help me out here with the Yorkshire massacre and you know my, my history's <laughs> not what it was. But the point is that we were thrown out, yeah. So now, like we're 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 this people that seem to get thrown out of countries, and then suddenly comes this like climatic point in history in the history lessons, and we're the Holocaust. It's all just doom and gloom. Jewish people suck. Yeah, everyone wants to kill them. Like, you know, what? 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 That didn't help me. Yeah, it didn't help answer my question. Why am I Jewish? Like, I definitely don't want to be part of that. You know, like they've had a hard time. Yeah, you agree? Well, does anyone think it was sounds good? Like, if I was telling you, like, you join my people. Like, let's let's go do outreach. Like, we've basically been thrown out of country to country every time we do well, and then at the climax of history, we're getting a holocaust. And now we're in there, so everyone also hates us. So who wants to be part of this? Like worst like PR there is. I mean, Israel does a good job of doing, you know, excuse my language, but not such great. I was about to say something worse, but not such great PR, yeah? Like we just said selection was just a nightmare and how it looks to the world, yeah? But like the, the concepts of good PR, uh, it's something I work with. PR is important, like making a good name for us, you know, let's, let's like not rewrite history, but let's just like try find something good out here. So why not open up the, Bible, which is what I did. I took a Tanakh. I went to I went to Israel on a trip, and I bought myself a Bible, a Tanakh, uh, and I read through the Tanakh from beginning to end. Which you'd be surprised how little amount of people actually do that. You know how many little amount of Jewish people do that. You know, honestly, ask yourself around how many people. Rabbi Yosef Mizrahi talks about this. How many people read the Bible? Yeah, 
have you ever you know, like oh, it's a bestseller so you know but it doesn't mean you read it you know there's lots of people you know I read a little bit here and there you know like I, I remember something in Hebrew school you know, take it as an intelligent adult and go through the Bible go through Tanakh and just see these unbelievable stories from beginning and everyone I've ever met who's done it is like blown away by the Bible like and they read it intellectually like intelligently and it just was like wow so I did that and I was like wow and it was a life change I was in university at that time in Sussex and I had basically like coming from the music world music music was like my idol you know so I had back in the day so I'm aging I'm giving my age away a little bit but not beautiful rabbis or beautiful swarm uh, I had beautiful CD collection and what did I bring to university I'm not joking it filled up the whole wall of my room the CD collection that's how many I had yeah so I was I can tell some stories how I got some of those CDs but I don't know I don't want to we'll see we'll save it for another time but the idea I took all those CDs yeah and I put them in a corner now this freaked out my parents they came down to university in Sussex it's in Brighton Brighton's a nice place I was I had a nice apartment by the beach Jonathan Freeman got me my apartment there his father's in property he knows this guy already so I was sitting in this apartment and my parents are like at first they brought me a letter from a girl that I met at Prince William's birthday party and she was still wanting to keep contact the obvious reason no but she wants to keep contact and she they brought this letter and it was Shabbat they drove in gave me a letter from a non-Jewish blonde beautiful girl that I met Prince William's birthday party in university and hand it to me and say here's you know why don't you talk to these girls they're all sending you letters I'm like ah. and then the next thing is they look in my room and they say oh my god what has happened to you why is your music covered up with a sheet in the corner and all I see is a bible and a Misilat Yesharim, they didn't know what any of those were, but they knew the Bible, which is probably but these religious articles, yeah. Why are they on your table and everything's gone? And there's the, you, what has happened to you, yeah? So, really, it was an amazing transformation, but the point was that I was like, you know, wow, this Bible is just so deep and so special. And from it, like I said, the whole point, what is all these stories? To get to the nimshul. The nimshul means the purpose of the story. And that is really the point. What is the purpose of all these relationships? When we're talking about relationships for real. The whole point of all the relationships is to bring you to the nimshul. All the people in your life. This is a very deep idea. It's my own idea, but it fits into the thoughts of righteous people, thank God. Sometimes we can align ourselves with their thinking. That this concept of that everyone in my life is teaching me a very deep point about life. All the relationships I have, for real, like real relationships, not show, like real where you really care and you really love and you really are empathetic if, if you're blessed to be that kind of person, you really, you really care and you listen and, you know, or you're really there for them when they need you. You know, like they phone you up, the other day my friend phoned me up once and make a proposal, didn't even phone me up, text me going on a plane, I need to make a proposal, can you organize it? Oh, I was going through, I don't know if anyone here listened to what I'm up to right now, five, six, seven, eight things, I don't have time, like within five hours, by midnight tonight, to organize a proposal, and get my kids to bed, and with my wife, and all the hundred things I was supposed to be doing that night, and suddenly I'm making a proposal in the old city, I had five hours to organize it, and then, not only that, I had the girl's side, now, 
once you get the girl side in, it's a whole different level of experience. If you know what I'm talking about, events, you know, they have to have the flowers and the candles. And so I was just, I'd get a venue and a musician. That's, that's my thing. But now I have to worry about the decor and make sure that there are boys to help carry the chairs because they didn't want the chairs there. And suddenly it's like, I'm, I, I'm suddenly five hours later, I'm with Alex Clare on this rooftop in the old city and we're serenading this couple. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> What did, what did I just do? I was just about to do five other things and now I'm here. Yeah, because you love the guy who texts me and you do it. You, you start to realize that you have relationships, you're willing to go beyond yourself. And it's a bit, in a deep way, as tired as I was and hard as it was, it was so fulfilling, like in a way I can't imagine to see their joy and to give to someone else your time and energy. This is real relationships. So now you have these kind of relationships with people, real relationships where you really like, you know, it's not just what can I get out of them, but real relationships. So now you start to feel real, real relationships. You start to understand there's a deeper meaning in life. There's a deeper point going on. That really, it's all the all the relationships in your life, you know, husband and wife, father and mother, child. And they're all a deep lesson in how to have the ultimate relationship with God, have the ultimate relationship with with the Jewish people. And that brings us back to Rosh Hashanah, standing on Rosh Hashanah. It's the sixth day of creation. It's a day where Adam and Chava something went wrong. Between the first man and woman, something went off. There was a snake came in, made a made a made a the first fight, you know, start off with a fight, just like you know, everyone knows the relationships, there's a bit of you know action going down. Yeah. So there's a little bit of fun and games, and that's comes with a relationship. Wherever there's a relationship, usually there is a snake driving you mad. Yeah? I mean you know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be like talking to myself. Yeah? I'm like nod heads, no, no, yes, no. So you're going through something where you're just feeling like wow like i'm trying to have this relationship and comes a snake and like you know or like you start doubting yourself we get back to the thought idea you start doubting yourself doubting the relationship doubting the other person all the trust issues and you know like uh, you know i'm not here to be a psychologist but i'm just saying like there's a lot going down yeah so what i want to end off with rosh Hashanah, is an opportunity to actually be real and actually say you know what for today Hashem, no phones yeah no one's watching me this isn't for public consumption. This is me and you, Hashem. This is me and my family. Well, I'm going to be an Uman, so, you know, unfortunately, I don't have that schut to sit with my family this year, but I'll definitely be praying for them. But, you know, this idea of, like, you're connecting to to Hashem and you've got the chauffeur, it's this deep voice from within, this deep coal, this deep, this deep place of the soul, awakening that deeper part of yourself, and you start to think on a different level maybe start to feel you know like there is a point there is this point in my life that is important that I live that I crown the king that I have a purpose I have a mission I'm part of this historical nation that wasn't just a holocaust there's actually a good ending to this yeah it's not just going to be a holocaust I mean some of us Svadik brothers they were saved from having to suffer that holocaust they had other things obviously but it wasn't just that there was there was opportunity to to build a future for the world, to build a purpose for the world, to be lessons of that. Like think of what our people have contributed, it's unbelievable. And once I started learning all that, I started answering my original question, why am I Jewish? Then I started to see, wow, there's Shabbat, there's disconnect to reconnect, there's, there's moments of real relationships. I saw at Shabbat, relationships. I see like the Rabbi and the Rebbe, the Rebbe or people like this, and they have real relationships and they're giving and giving and giving. And that's a godly way of being. And I start to think, wow, 
you know that was for me like a, one of the most attractive things you know about the the nimshu the or the purpose of the story of creation that's the the purpose of all these relationships now if you take the world yeah let's take hollywood or like you know the netflix world yeah anyone's got a netflix addiction you know most people do nowadays yeah yeah thank you very honestly didn't mean to embarrass you but you know i did as well honestly i my wife and i we, i basically for a time i don't have to go into all the details but we needed like a time out from stuff we've gone through the most intense trauma from from an organization for etc etc so we needed just the time just to get ourselves together and you know came up netflix sign up for free that's already a very tempting one month give the credit card and you can cancel it okay i'm jewish i'll do it yeah sign up so that's already pulled me in yeah then month later of watching every single episode of suits i don't know if anyone suits and i get to the end of michael's mike sorry mike mike's gone yeah i'm like well i'm not watching suits anymore if mike's gone if you, anyone knows suits you know what i'm talking about yeah he's actually a good actor he was in some really good films recently where he's become he's like, become a, a, a bit of a star and you can see why from there but i'm not encouraging you to watch suits i'm encouraging you to sign up on netflix so they asked me at the end why don't you want to continue because you know you cancel it and they said don't worry i got another credit card so just do it free another month you know <laughs> if i didn't do that i said i said uh, i'm jewish you know i don't want to pay i said it's too expensive so i wrote and i know you got the joke i said the other night i was laughing you know you like the other joke all right fine but it's seriously these are real things that actually happen so the point is that um what was the point? The point, what was I enjoying about Suits? So what was the point? I mean, one day I was sitting with my wife, you know, you can even go Ben Shapiro, anyone know who he is? I'm not saying I'm associated with him, I'm not right wing, I don't, don't make any political assumptions, but I happen to listen to him once in a while. He's an intelligent Jew, get a bit of insight on political stuff here and there, when I need to pay attention to it. And he like said himself, like, why does he do? Sits at the end of all his craziness and sits with his wife and, you know, connects and one of the ways how do we do in this funny generation we do it through watching something all right i'm not saying as a rabbi or anything that that's right no venture pro is definitely not you know giving us a, his huskama but the point is the point is what is it it's the relationship that's really what the point is the point is you want to sit with someone and experience something the point is even better you can actually talk to each other but that would be like you know getting into dangerous territory yeah some relationships but like say say like in a in a way just will end off on this, yeah, that all the things that pull you into, say, something like Netflix or Suits or one of these programs, one of these series or movies or whatever it is, the Hollywood world, is watching the relationships. Think about it. Like, why do you, like, look forward to it? Or why do you seemingly enjoy it? You're watching a relationship going on and you get drawn into those dynamics, you know? It's very powerful. And Hollywood knows that, so it's like best. Like the music world for sure. Like I grew up in the music world, like the best songs ever, like Beatles or whatever you want to say, Michael Jackson. It's all about the power of love and relationship. That is what's drawing everyone into that music. Yeah. That if, if you would understand music how it's on a spiritual level, it's all about relationship. Like the way music's built is built in a climatic level. Like especially the Jewish music. The Jewish music's holy. And you know, Jewish entertainment, please God, we'll get more of it now. And this generation is needed. It's holy, please God. This idea of Yud K Vav K, what is that? A B C B. Yeah? How does music go? Starts off with a verse, chorus, middle eight, 
verse. I'm a musician. That's how it goes. Take every Jewish song. I could sing to you and prove it if you want. But basically, take every Jewish song, think about it. When you hear a song next time, A, B, C, B. Yeah? What's the C? The climax. So you go and start off with the introduction, the A, the verse, you get to the B, the, the chorus, and then you come to this middle eight, this climax, and that's connected to what? Yud, K, Vav, K. It's Hashem's name. So really what people are doing when they're singing in a Jewish way, they're going into the name of Hashem. They're experiencing godliness. That's like the way that we do it. We want to connect. Now, if you understand relationships on a deep, deep Kabbalistic level, I'm not going to start teaching Kabbalah, but on a mystical level, I'm talking about relationship is an experience of Yud Kei You're becoming, in a way, we'll just say it very simply, the man is Mashpia, the man is giving, the woman is receiving. This then creates even more giving, which forms you know, the next level of creation, and then comes out to reality. That's the, the last... So it's A, B, C, B, it's Yud, K, Vav, K. This is an experience of what relationship is. Another, one more thing, we'll just end on this. When a man takes a ring and puts it on a woman, is it, the ring is a Yud. The, man, uh, the thumb of the woman is, is, is oh, sorry, the hand of the woman is a He. And the man puts it on, onto the finger, which is a Vav. And the, and the, the receiving it again is a He. So there's an experience of the Yud, K, Vav, K. The man is a Yud, K. Okay, the yud and the hand putting the ring, this is a yud, onto the vov and the k. This is an experience of godliness. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? We all pray, you know, we see the name of God in the Siddur every day. Just understand how much God is creating this reality of relationship. But even in his name, this idea of giving and receiving, and to be a giver is obviously a, a higher level, but it, the real giving is also to receive as well. So then that also becomes a higher level. And this, this unification, this, this joining together. So just this is something very deep. Relationship is very real. It's very alive. Rosh Hashanah is a day where we can really just have the space, hopefully, not to just get sidetracked by all the words we have to say, but to actually experience this relationship with God. Tov lahodis Hashem. That's what Adam Arishan said after he sinned. He, he experienced the relationship between him and Hashem, the, the nimshul, the point of the relationship, that it should connect you in. And then all this need to connect that's going on around the world with the internet and everything else, you bring it all into a truer connection, the inner connection between you and your Creator. And with that, you should be blessed with a beautiful year, all of you. Yeah. And uh, we should, please God, just see success. You know, they're helping so many people, relationships over here. And that is really, in my opinion, like I said, as I started, the most important key to the happiness in life. So everyone should find that happiness, please God. Amen. Amen. Amen.